Thank you for listening to Comic Issues, your favorite geeky podcast full of rants, ramblings, and ravings. I'm your host, Anthony Sobel. Along with me is my co-host and one of the greatest geeks in the world, Elizabeth Wallace. And um, today is uh, is Halloween for us, yes. for you there in the future. Uh, it's probably Wednesday, uh, <laughs> maybe Thursday. Uh, I don't know what your podcast schedule is like. I don't know you personally, mostly. Uh, but uh, it's... it's uh, it's been difficult up until this point, as you can tell. The audio is still not quite right uh, because, uh, as the uh, the the unholy ghost of the plague has left me <laughs> uh, and jumped into Ashley, yeah, uh, and uh, we here live together, and now she's sick. So uh, again, another week to spare poor Elizabeth from um, the horrors that I've seen. <laughs> We are Skyping it once again. Not only that, I'm sure Ashley's like way more laid back than I am, but I don't, when I have a cold, I don't want anybody around me. I just want to be able to hibernate and have people leave me alone. So Skyping over here is one less person to traipse around in your apartment and bother people. So that's good. Yeah, she's more or less just, um, you know, worried about someone being uncomfortable that she's there and sick. Oh, eh, she's, uh, she's just been binging uh, television and movies for the most yeah, part. That's one of the only good things about being sick. You know, you have a lot of downtime and it's like, well, I guess I'll read that book that I've been putting off forever if the fever that I have will let me concentrate long enough to do it. Yeah. She's uh, been in a big Halloween mood, so I think she's watched uh, the second and third seasons of uh, American Horror Story now. Oh, yeah, in, no, uh, I, just in this week. You know, um, I just finished up the third. That's Coven, right? The third season. Ah, uh, with the uh, witches. Oh, right. There's, there's the good one, then the bad one, then mm-hmm. I think, yeah, then I think it's witches. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, well, I don't know. There's, yeah. there's witches, and then there's the, the circus. The circus one. one's the one I'm watching right now, and that's the fourth season. Okay, okay, yeah. So you, you are correct. You are good, correct. Good, good, good. Yeah, I thought. You know what? I thought the the third try it again. I thought the third season was fun. I could see how people didn't think Coven lived up to any hype or anything, but I just I thought it had a lot of cool moments. Angela Bassett's awesome. Um, yeah, was, she's great. Yeah, it was fun, and the I like on the second season, second episode of the fourth season with the freak show. And that's turning out to be really interesting too. So I don't know. I like it. Nothing has quite lived up to the first season, I think, but, um, every, it's still fun. Yeah. Now that first season's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And the Um, end of the the, second season, the last episode of the second season was also very cool. I didn't like it very much. I, I felt it really just kind of, there's a lot of holes still there. Yeah, definitely. It, it felt a little like they, kind of wrapped things up. It, like they have that's the thing about the show. They have so many like different storylines going on and they don't always wrap everything up completely. I would rather they leave those storylines dangling than try and wrap them up too fast. Oh, and not do it justice. Yeah, exactly. I'm like just let it go, you know, the unknown is sometimes better than a cheesy ending, which we see in comic books all the time too. True, true. I suppose yeah, given given the option I can have the ambiguous ending with no yes. real answer. Yes. Uh, or something that I'm not going to like. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, for um, Halloween, you said you might be going by the Villainous Lair this evening briefly. What are you going to dress up as if you go? Uh, well, unfortunately, because of uh, recent illness, we've never quite figured out our costumes. Right. So I have no real costume. But on a whim, I think two or three weeks ago, we were in Walmart at two in the morning, as, as you do, you know. Yes, yeah, as it happens. <laughs> We found uh, superhero footy pajamas, oh, so uh, I bought 
So I bought a Batman footy pajama, mm-hmm. which is weird. I call it Batman. The tag on it says Batgirl because they were all like in the women's section. But okay. there's nothing Batgirl about it. it. It doesn't have any of the Batgirl design. It straight up looks like a Tim Burton Batman. Yellow yeah. symbol and everything. Yeah, I think it's just, I don't know, if you're selling, I don't know, if you're selling a woman's version of clothing, I think there's a lot of girls who wouldn't, I don't know, it's dumb. I think there's a lot of girls who wouldn't buy it if it said it was a Batman costume. They're like, but I'm not Batman, I'm Batwoman. So if it's over in the girls' section, you'll call it Batwoman. If it's over in the guys' section, you'll call it Batman. So whatever. Yeah, I, I just found it kind of kind of weird, and it really was my nerd brain just be like, "That's not that's not Batgirl. It's Batman. <laughs> Batgirl's completely different." That's well, hardcore de- geek knowledge, <laughs> right there, right? Depending on the iteration of Batgirl, of course, the costumes could vary in many many different ways. Push up your glasses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> completely leaving my like feminist side like completely out of the picture. It'd be like, oh, "Oh no, girls could just dress up as Batman. That's fine." Sure. Absolutely. Not every girl has to be Batgirl or Batwoman. No, it's true. Uh, it's true. If you want to be PC about yeah. it, that's fine. So, yeah. yeah, my costume was kind of gender neutral this year. I was a zombie, so that's kind of fun. Mm. I wanted to give a shout out. Equality to across people. the board. Yeah. I wanted to, um, these guys, it's called the FX Transfers, Holiday Equality something, Tinsley Transfers. I don't know. There's a lot of names on this package. But I pick it up in Party City. And it mm-hmm. looked kind of cheesy in the package, but it's it's like, you know, it's zombie stuff. One's like fake teeth on the side, and the other's like looking like you've got tendons and stuff out. This is like the best, seriously, the best prosthetic makeup I've ever used, ever. It's a little hard yeah. to put on, because you got to like peel one thing and flip it over, and then put this, and then wet the paper and pull it. Suckers stayed on, and they looked really cool. You put just like a little bit of fake blood around. It looked awesome. So I was really right happy on. with it. It's very cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw your pictures from uh, work, and like you had a gash down your calf, and your face oh no no, no was that all... wasn't the gash down the calf. Uh, you might have been looking at Lauren in that one. So Lauren was the one. I thought that was, um, I thought that was your leg. Uh, you might uh, no, you might have to right. look again because there. What happened was everybody in our department decided to be zombies this year. So Lauren yeah. was uh, shark bite, and so she had this awesome gash in her leg. I was in the runner's outfit uh, with yeah. like a yellow shirt, um, and I just had like blood all over my legs and everything. I had bought one prosthetic that's supposed to look like a bone sticking out of your leg, but it was a cheap piece of crap and it didn't work, so I didn't use it. But, but yeah, it was fun. We had a good time. And then of course my buddy Alex is like this fantastic photographer, and he got got all of us into the breezeway. Uh, between like two buildings at work where the light's really good and he like did this whole mm. photo shoot with all of us it was awesome it was very fun yeah I saw some of those that looked like a lot of fun yeah it was good times very yeah. fun my work not nearly as uh, supportive of Halloween got it uh, but we we did still um, we decided like our little department we were gonna have like a Halloween breakfast thing potluck oh, nice nice and uh, I said well if we're gonna do a breakfast thing I want to do. Uh, I want to bring in cereal because that just seems like fun. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. And then immediately after I said cereal, I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna get every box of monster cereal and bring those in. <laughs> nice. Uh, not realizing how difficult that would be uh, October 30th in the morning. Oh, I didn't think about uh, that. Oh. Yeah, I couldn't find a single box. Oh, no, I didn't even think about that. I'm like, I yeah, was, they would be pretty wiped out, wouldn't they? I was pretty bummed. Actually, I was. Even more bummed. One, this whole adventure took me uh, three stores and made me 30 minutes late to work. Yeah. Um, But uh, I went to Walmart, and they were already condensing their Halloween stuff. 
and put they had a whole aisle of Christmas stuff already. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The day before Halloween. Oh yeah, I know, right? That's when you're trying to find like your Halloween stuff and you can't get it because it's been taken over by Santa Claus stuff. I'm like, this is wrong. Uh, Christmas shouldn't come until after Thanksgiving, much less until after Halloween. God. I I could not believe my eyes. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I hit a Walmart, I hit a Vons cause it was close to work. And then I'm like, I walk out of Vons disappointed and I've got five minutes before I'm supposed to clock in. And if I rush, I can make it in like seven minutes. Right. But I'm like, no, this is important to me. <laughs> <laughs> I need to find it. There's a target like 15 minutes away. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's, it's like priorities when you're a nerd, you know, it's like, no, I wanted my monster yeah. cereal. But no, no luck. No luck. No. That's so I got a- like a, the little um, sampler boxes. Yeah. And, and some milk and just dropped it off. That's, like, oh. that's okay. Those are fun too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was it was still fun. Um, coworker made candy sushi. Oh, I've uh, never heard of such a thing. That sounds awesome. So replace rice, like the beds of rice, with um, uh, Rice Krispie treats. Oh, nice. The wraps were fruit roll up. Okay. Swedish fish, like nice. on top. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then like um, pull and peel licorice in like green and red for like, I guess like sprouts or cucumber yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, was, it was super cool. Yeah. You can't see me, but I'm actually writing all these things down right now. I'm like, oh, I want to do that too. That's awesome. <laughs> it was very cool. Nice. It was very cool. Right. And then, you know, like regular food that wasn't nearly as cool. Yeah. That's okay. But I'm sure it was yeah. delicious anyway. Yeah. So that's about as, as, as festive as we got. That's okay. That's all right. Tonight, I'm going to go out with some friends to the bar, and I'm going to go way more chill with the, the Halloween stuff, because I'm like, I wore that stuff all day yesterday, and the idea of putting it all on again, I'm like, no, I think once is good. I think I might just paint my face with something. Oh I know, right? No. No full-on zombie makeup? Well, you know those prosthetics, they're only one-time use, because once you peel them off, yeah. they're all done. So I'm like, I don't want to go out and buy more of them. So I'm like, I think I'll do like a Day of the Dead face paint type of thing. That'd be fun. You know? Yeah. Just, yeah. just kind of hollow out the eyes, gaunt the cheeks. Yep, yep. There you go. And then, because it's all Day of the Dead, like the sugar skull stuff, and just like some swirls and pretty things and everything. And there, done. And Halloween. Boom. Accomplished. Yep. Like you just walked out of the Nightmare Before Christmas. There you go. That'd be fine. I'd be do- I could do that. That'd be fine. Uh, but uh, you guys aren't here for Halloween. That was days ago for you. <laughs> you are here for some comic books. Yay! Again, uh, since we are Skyping it in, we don't have the, the full resources uh, at our disposal. But still, nonetheless, a fat stack of, uh, of comic books to, uh, to get to you. And we'll once, just do as many as we can. And I really liked, I read four of the books on our list this week. And the art was the best thing about all of them. Except for New Avengers number two, which I thought the story and the dialogue was fabulous in that one. I mean, I love. Is are we calling uh, Evil Reed Richards? Is the maker his name? Is that a, his actual name? Yeah, that's that's generally his his handle. I, yeah. I like him a lot. <laughs> He's so evil and awful. He's great. He is proving to be a, a very solid villain. Yeah, uh, very let's, much so. let's let's go ahead and uh, we're talking about it. Let's hit it up. Cool. Uh, so yeah, New Avengers number two, written by uh, Al Ewing, uh, drawn by um, Sandoval. I'm trying to remember yep. his first he's, name. He's um, he's my new current favorite artist. I think actually it's kind of hard with every book this week. I had a new favorite artist hit the top for a second. So, um, but he's his style. It's a little. It's funny. It's a little reminiscent of Joe Matt. He's not channeling him, and I know that that wasn't who did Age of Apocalypse. That was Marquez. But um, yeah. uh, 
Sandoval's yeah. got like a real, I don't know, it's a, it's a real clean style and kind of like slightly exaggerated, not enough to be grotesque. And I really like how he draws Squirrel Girl in this book. I mean, whoever's drawing Squirrel Girl in the current book is fine, but I'm not really a fan, but I really like how she looks in the New Avengers. Yeah, she looks like way more um, heroic, way more kind of, this is a person who, you know, might even beat uh, Thanos yeah, for reals. Exactly, beat him up a little bit and everything. There's yeah. something real angular about her face. Honestly, I think her face is more squirrel-like in the Sandoval book, but, you know, it's a matter of taste, I suppose. Yeah, her, her teeth are way bigger here yeah, yeah. Than, uh, than normal. Yeah. Uh, no, like, the, the artwork, I feel, definitely comes from the same inspirations of like manga and um an anime that uh is also inspired majura yeah but it, it's it no it's it's definitely not an aping of his style or no you know even if you put the two of them together you're like oh well i see the similarities but they're not they're not copies of each other no, no. but it is nice because not a lot of people are drawing this way right now so especially for us who really enjoyed this at the in the late 90s and early millennium oh yeah it's great to see this style being used again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, where we left off was the um, uh, oh, let's let's see if we can use the right name, the um, the hedron, yeah, the the the, the hedron crystal headed uh, people uh, were running amok through uh, through Paris, uh, infecting other people. The New Avengers went down there to um, you know to see what they could do. Stop the evil uh, and do what the uh, Avengers do. And they came across um, a giant gorilla scorpion. Which, that apparently... Which... Like, there's a great... There's a great scene in the beginning where Reed is, like, doing experiments or something on someone. He's like, "Mm, try not to wiggle so much. And you hear someone screaming. And then at one point he's talking and talking. He's like, all right, you might feel a tearing sensation. It's all just very evil and calm. But he admits that that was just... He just found, like, a new form of life or something and bonded it to a gorilla scorpion body. I'm like, as you do, you know, because why not? Yeah, apparently it, um, there's a little notation that it links back to a Mighty Avengers uh, issue that we never read. Right. Mighty of Issues, uh, or Mighty Avengers number nine. Uh, I don't know who that character was. I have no idea. Uh, but, so, I guess what we're kind of understanding is he's managed to find... The energy that would be considered our soul? Yeah, after death. Now, I'm not exactly sure if, if he's turning those that energy into the crystal. Yeah, I guess that is what he was doing, because then he puts that into the scorpion gorilla body. Right, right. And, and that then goes to Paris yeah. uh, and runs amok. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Then, then a couple S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, uh, they get turned into crystal-headed people uh, and... These are specific, um, I don't want to use metahuman because that's a general um, DC term, but that's kind of what they're designed, that's that's their purpose. They are Yeah, they have um, access to, like, Hulk strength, like, they're not actually Hulks, of course, but, so you've got, like, these shield agents with crystal heads and Hulk strength running amok around Paris. I'm like, it's tough for it to get too much worse than that, and then yeah. it does. We get uh, one red, one green, and one gray uh, shield Hulk that uh, that then have to be uh, dispatched with. Which White Tiger and Squirrel Girl go in there and they whoop some ass and 
they they see the problem right away. They've got these uh, these shield agents have these bracers that activate the gamma power. Uh, we get some nice kind of uh, quick action and then handled. But oh no, <laughs> our our heroes get infected with the same thing and. It's not just that we've got White Tiger and Squirrel Girl standing there with the crystal heads hanging where their heads are supposed to be, but even Tippy-Toe, the squirrel, has a little crystal head, too. I'm like, okay, that's just hilarious. That's there just for fun. That didn't need to be there. That doesn't come into play at all. No, no, but it's It's kind of... Also, the fact that Squirrel Girl's crystal has little squirrel ears hanging off of it. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Oh, I just noticed that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? That fight that White Tiger and Squirrel Girl had against those guys, once again, Squirrel Girl looks like a badass. I could totally believe that this girl with squirrel features could kick some serious ass. I'm like, this is a Squirrel Girl I really like. Yeah, um, unlike uh, the Squirrel Girl solo book, which is generally just kind of a comedic book, uh, this one, she's got these um, talons that uh, seem to be attached to her... um, gloves yep so she's like she's got uh squirrel's got claws she's she's fucking shit up and i think it just kind of goes to i tend to like the darker more serious stuff i mean i like elements of humor like they had here but this is like Mm -hmm. i could i would definitely read a squirrel girl book where she went like seriously dark for a while which sort of defeats the purpose of squirrel girl she's not supposed to be dark but i'm like i'd read that that'd be cool yeah. Uh, so uh, once that's all kind of taken care of, we flash back to the maker uh, where he gets he he knew that playing with the the energies of the other side of the I guess like the afterlife or whatever. Okay. Uh, he says he just kept going deeper and deeper and finding older and older ghosts or souls. Eventually, it was going to attract the attention of uh, something big, uh, and it definitely does yeah. in a. It's shrouded in darkness, yeah. so it's it's not very clear. It kind of maybe stands humanoidish, a little bit. Uh, kind of looks like uh, an elithid from from D anD D or a Cthulhu face, uh, as a uh, we like to call it. Has a lot of eyes, bunches of eyes. Yeah, it's got five eyes and a pentagram between them, and uh, he's in this this ghastly figure doesn't affect. Uh, ultimate richards the maker in the least like he's kind of tickled uh he's impressed with himself as he always is yep yep though he admits a little later on that his experiments were possibly a little too successful i think he realizes as crazy as he is he's like hmm might have tapped into something that could prove a little dangerous slightly yeah so i'm kind of curious like clearly this book is kind of to establish okay this is what the new adventures are they don't work with shield but shield is aware of them they're going to handle things the maker is going to be their their enemy i'm wondering like how how it normally always works is you get one villain and then you just move to another villain and then you kind of go back and eventually you recycle back to the beginning do you get the vibe that the next issue will will just be more maker i tend to think so i think he's too interesting to ignore him for long I, I really hope we see more of him because I love how they're writing him. And, um, yeah. yeah, I think so. Though there's always, I mean, all right, so what does AIM stand for now? Avengers something? Avengers idea, ideas and mechanics, okay. maybe? Well, I love the fact that we've got, like, not just our Avengers on the ground, you know, our, our heroes and our fighters and everything, but they're always flashing back to, it's Sunstone? 
Oh, um, Sunfire? Sunspot? <laughs> Isn't it weird? I don't know anything about him. I've only seen him. Sunspot. 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 So we've got Sunspot, who's definitely running things, and he's always talking with the engineers in one department, and the mechanics and scientists in another department, and he's handing out Lexuses, and so he's just... I yeah. like that dynamic that's going on. It's very, like, this is what Avengers and... I don't know, just a superhero group looks like when they've got unlimited amounts of money, which I guess isn't an uncommon thing. I mean, most of the time you've got Avengers being supported by Tony Stark, so, you know, lots of money there. But Tony's, like, usually out there in the field. This, uh, it does have a real great kind of interesting dynamic where uh, Squirrel Girl and White Tiger turn into uh, the crystal-headed zombie-esque characters. They're trying to uh, attack their their allies. Songbird puts up this uh, shield and Sunspot back at home, he's like, all right, uh, I absorbed AIM, uh-huh. so I have all of these super genius engineers and whatnot at my disposal. And he just says, first person to come up with an idea gets a Lexus. <laughs> and I love how, you know, he was talking with someone over in the science department or whatever, and she gives him this idea, and... He pauses for a second, and then he says something like, I don't know, he says her name, and she's like, whoa, you know my name? He's like, of course I know your name. Also, enjoy your Lexus. <laughs> yeah. That was cool. I like that. Yeah, it's cool. He says, I know everybody's name. Yeah, yeah. And I believe he does. I think he's one of those Which, guys who knows how important that would be. Yeah. And then that makes him, like, he was he was a hero before. He was an ex, uh, X-Force member. But I, I do like that it's something about, like, a leader or something, it, is that familiar with his crew makes him just more trusting. Yeah. So uh, we'll see Hawkeye uh, as a full-fledged member of the team in the next issue. Nice. Which I think is actually, I think that's where I'm really going to get in. This was cool and this was fun. It was a very kind of here's the team kind of two-issue arc. Uh, I'm really interested to see what Clint is going to bring to the party. Yeah, especially with uh, the way they're writing everything, the, the very, very snappy, clever, sarcastic, smart-ass dialogue and everything, I think that'll work pretty well for Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. So uh, definitely going in for uh, more New Avengers, which uh, was one of the books I was kind of on the fence about uh, yeah, I mean, going so into this. Yeah, also, so this has definitely been the, a nice surprise. The first one was just released really recently, wasn't it? Yeah, like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> they, boy, Marvel's really churning them out lately. I mean, it just... Here was Secret Wars comes along, and I was like, this is seriously the best crossover I've read in seven, eight, nine years. And I was a little sad at thinking about it going away, because I'm like, this is the writing has been so good, the art has been so good. And now here we have a post-Secret Wars book that's really just as good as any of the books that we were reading in Secret Wars. So I'm like, good on you, Marvel. Nice job. Yeah. It's definitely been a really nice handoff. Yeah. Um, granted, we're not reading every single all-new, all-different, but we weren't reading every single... Secret Wars. No. What is weird, though, is as Secret War here is ending, like, we, we oh, this is, uh, no, this week, too. Every week, we're closing out another book that we are reading. Yeah. But the main Secret Wars book is still going on until slated December. I'm putting money down. Uh, that last book won't come out until January. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, somebody was making comments about that. What are, Have we seen... We've had seven books come out now. We haven't even seen number eight yet. Is it seven? I want to say think six. It's, oh, it might be. <laughs> you might be right. Yeah. You know what? I don't care. Take all the time you need, you know, because they've been so good. I'm like, if you need more time to finish them yeah. up, go for it. 
Like, it's only weird when I'm not reading Secret Wars. As soon as I get that next book, I'll delve in. The the writing has been amazing. The art is gorgeous. I don't care. Yeah, it's fine. Once I have the book in my hand, I'm like, take all the time you need. Yeah, even though it's it definitely has been confusing when you jump into a post-Secret Wars book and you're like, I have to sort of forget that I... I don't know how Secret Wars shakes out yet. You know, just put it aside and read the book and enjoy it, and we'll figure how it all ends later on. Yeah, because it will rack your brain. Yeah, it really will. Uh, So next book, um, all new, all different. Angela, Queen of Hell. No longer Asgard's assassin. Nope. Stepping up in the the, uh, hierarchy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, hierarchy. Yeah, that's the right word. Yep, you got it. Uh, To become Queen of Hell. Although we don't get to necessarily see that story just yet. No. Uh, largely, this book is uh, is a flashback. It is. And so, once again, we don't know how she stepped into this role because we you know, don't have all the pieces yet, and I don't care. It, it's funny because it said the main art is a different artist. I cannot remember her name. Kim, uh, Kim Jacinto. Once again, sorry if we pronounce your name wrong. Come on the podcast, we'll we'll sort it all out. No. Uh, it was good. I like that, but of course Stephanie Hans does the story in the middle. It's so pretty. I can't stand it. It's just so gorgeous. It it really is. Yeah. yeah. The, I mean the we we've been nothing but gushing over Stephanie Hans for months and months, pretty much okay. all year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think. I think uh, at the end of the year, if we if we break it down to favorite artists, it's it's going to be a tough fight uh, with with her uh, a high contender for the number one spot. You know, I kind of want to do that. I kind of now I want to make a post and list all of my favorite, either my favorite artists of the year or my favorite issues of the year. I don't know. They've been it's just been such a banner year for Marvel. But um, we should probably yeah. go ahead and throw a great big spoiler warning on this for anybody who uh, hasn't read the book yet, because I want to mention some things that happen in the book that I really liked. Um, so, spoiler, 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 spoiler. You've been warned. You have been warned. We get to see the dynamic between Angela and Sarah, and it is so unbelievably sweet. It is just really very lovely how they handled all of it, I thought. Just the, the, the relationship between the two. The always kind of jokey and wisecracky Sarah uh, against the stoic. Yes. Uh, the the stoic Angela. I, I mean, I, this book just so beautifully shows how these you know this odd couple uh, comes together and how and how and, and the ebb and flow between them. Yeah. And what what I think we have two separate yeah like two two separate uh, panels. Where they're just in a in a loving embrace, kissing one another, oh. and it it's such a great payoff. It is to to see them because I mean, for you know, more or less, this has been the same relationship we've been reading since since um, Asgard's Assassin. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The the relationship has never really changed. If anything, weirdly enough, it is just developed more and more, even when it's set in a different world in a different time. Yes. The, the relationship that we've become accustomed to still grows. Yep. And also, they always seem to kind of dance around, you know. Are they, you know, they, I know they love each other, but are they in love and everything? And I, I almost thought that maybe Marvel was playing it safe. 
where they were always just going to kind of hint at that relationship. And this book, Marvel, was just like, nope, they're definitely, they're, they're in love, they're lovers, they're kissing each other. It was so sweet. And good on Marvel, too, yeah. for just like... You know, I, I know a lot of a lot of publishers want to play it safe. They don't want to offend anybody, and I get that. But Marvel is just like, nope, they're in love. Here, here, there is a beautiful picture by Stephanie Hans of them kissing, and it's so sweet. And so, yeah, that's that was fun. That was neat. I don't know. I really don't feel like I've gotten any vibe that oh, they're being timid or they're being cautious because mm-hmm. uh, everything is it as far as the relationship goes is felt so such a natural progression of storytelling yes. that it just seems like, well, yeah, you know what? This is now the time. This is the right time to see them kiss. Exactly. They weren't they weren't dancing around it because they were afraid of offending anybody. They were dancing around it because they knew that a big buildup makes it all the better when it happens. And they're absolutely right. You know, it was very fun to see. Uh, so as um, if you've been following Asgard, uh, Asgard's Assassin or just any of the Angela books with us, uh, you know Sarah, uh, apparently, um, got, uh, six cents since she was possibly dead the whole time. Yeah. Uh, she was in hell. Yeah. Angela's not gonna stand for that kind of nonsense. Yeah. And goes to hell to get her back. And to get her back. Now, granted, we don't have the whole story, but it seems pretty ob- obvious. She had to go through Hela, the previous, uh, ruler of hell, and daughter of Loki. Yes. Um, had to go through her... To uh, to make everything right again, yeah. So I mean, it's it's kind of a a jumble of adventure in their first few pages. Then we get to Stephanie Hans in a uh, flashback where they're confronted by um, uh, it's called a uh, hierophant. Hierophant, yeah. Uh, and if you're a Night Vale fan, if you listen to Welcome to Night Vale, the fan artists have come up with like it's almost canon fan art. I mean, here's an audio show, but there are some ideas that just get picked up over and over again in fan artists, and I love how fan artists draw angels on that show, and the Hierophant looks a hell of a lot like what a lot of people think an angel on Night Vale looks. It's very odd. It's got these swords floating in the air above it. It's it's yeah. beautiful. Beautifully done. Now, if we are to discover Stephanie Hans, also another Night Vale uh, fanatic oh. uh, like you, uh, I assume I assume no chance for any other artist straight to number one this year. Oh my god! Oh my god! That would be amazing. <laughs> I'm sure, and, and it's it's just different enough that there's and there's always a good chance that she's never heard of Night Vale and it was just a thing that she came up with and everything. But my god, if I were to ever if she turns out to be a Night Vale fan and I were to ever meet her in person, I'm like, please draw me a Night Vale picture, please, anything, just draw it and I'll yeah. love it and I'll pay you all the monies. So that would be so cool. Scour the internet for the uh, for the uh, Stephanie Hans. Deviant art that is completely dedicated to Night Vale fan art, <laughs> and I will watch it, and I will never watch anything else ever uh, again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so this hierophant shows up, and sh- it's trying to collect Sarah because um, yep. we remember Angela broke Sarah out of this real shit situation that yep. um, she was in before, and then we kind of catch back up to not current time, but previous time <laughs> where Definitely Angela jumping around a lot, yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of slightly jarring. A little bit. Um, I think this is definitely a book to take a, at a slow pace. Yes. It's easy to do when you've got uh, Stephanie Hahn's work. But, I mean, and nothing against Kim um, Nacinto or Jacinto. No, I'm not quite she sure. did a great job. 
yeah, her her work also looks great, and she kind of gets the bonus of kind of a heartbreaking moment towards the end, where Angela finds where Sarah is held captive, breaks breaks her free, and Sarah kind of says, uh, "You said you'd protect me. You said you'd never." Uh, let me go, you know, kind of goes on and then blasts her with uh, magic, I guess. I think so. Yes. Uh, and says like, you never came for me. So yeah. uh, we don't know how long Sarah has been in hell, yeah. uh, but it, the time has definitely seemed to uh, have affected her. Uh, and it, yeah. it just kind of, after, after seeing them finally have that embrace to now end on Sarah being um, so angry at yeah. Angela. I, that's always one of the ideas about hell that I've really liked, no matter who's doing it. I mean, that's what I liked about um, Supernatural, talking about Dean's time in hell, is that time just works differently there. And for all we know, yeah. Sarah could have been in hell for a really, like by her perception, a really, really long time. So, yeah, she's not happy. No. Uh, hopefully that's uh, a misunderstanding that gets resolved quickly. I hope so. <laughs> That'd be nice. On to uh, more good times. Chewbacca number two comes out. So uh, fun. Speaking of just more beautiful art, that Phil Noto, uh, just always killing it. A lot of the same reason that the first uh, book was so much fun, the expression that Noto gives to Chewbacca, who is never translated, uh, nope. can only just kind of mime his expressions, if not just uh, a varying of his growl. You know, you can you can tell if it's an angry growl or if it's a frustrated growl, which most of them are. Yeah, or if he's vigorously shaking his head at the idea of going into a very small space, which the way they described it with no dialogue, all in flashbacks, we know that Chewie does not want to be confined in a small space ever, and we know why. So, very, yeah. very cool. Yeah, that was neat. Um, for people who don't really have um, experienced the expanded world of uh, Star Wars, Wookiees were um, essentially just taken from um, from their planet and put into slave trade. Uh, weirdly enough, they have a, a, a natural talent for mechanics, which it's weird because they also live in tree houses. I, that's that's one of the things I always loved about them is that you know you've got yeah. like this race of they look like barbarians they look like beasts they live in trees and everything but they are supposed to be so good with tools and I, I always liked that I thought that was neat. Yeah, uh, we get kind of a I think kind of a neat balance of the two uh, in the prequels where the, we're briefly on Kashyyyk and they've got technology but at the same time like it is it does look natural against their. They're tree houses. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, um, one thing I was wondering real fast, because I yeah. don't think I've ever seen it. It wasn't in the prequels, wasn't in the main ones. I don't know if it was in a lot of the other expanded universe books. But I know in Timothy Zahn's book at one point when Leia and one of the Wookiees are trying to get away and they actually go underneath the trees and he shows her, he holds out his hand and these claws just slide out. They have retractable claws. They're, yeah. abo- they're arboreal creatures. They're used to climbing trees. They would have things to climb them with. Have they ever gotten into that in any of the other expanded universe books? Um, I am, I've barely scratched at the top of the, uh, the, the books. I've never seen uh, the claws come into play anywhere right. else. Right. Um, it seems like a thing that they would use, like Chewie would use way more often. Oh, yeah, that's like what I kind of... Especially in this book. 
Yeah. But um, no, no. Actually, there's a um, there's a great moment. So Chewie, you know, pushes through. He's kind of made a promise to uh, to this little girl to help save her father and all these people who are um, have become slaves. He squeezes down this narrow tube, gets the drop on all these bad guys, and there's just a page of her face and the <laughs> silhouette against the wall of Chewie just annihilating uh, these these oh, guards. Yeah. yeah, and she's cheering uh, him on. <laughs> this is actually one I, I, uh, I went through um, on the iPad, so I was going frame by frame. And it's three panels of her cheering, and then one stops, and she's just kind of has a stare and for a second I thought oh no it's going to get too real but uh, it never goes there instead just a body gets thrown in her direction she's got to duck out of the way uh, but yeah like maybe maybe he busted out some claws in uh, in a fight like that where we don't really see <laughs> see be. the violence well yeah could be um, but that's a lot of fun uh, just a couple panels before we get to that we see his head just poking out of a hole uh, about to get the drop on him uh, he makes those goofy droids that looked like uh, two Tupperwares stacked on, like the bins t- stacked on top of each other with feet. Yeah, yeah. Gon- uh, I never, gonk. Yeah, yeah the conk. I never understood their purpose, but there's a lot of droids that have a lot of purposes, so I can't even assume to have figured out many of them. I kind of uh, wonder if this is still a thing. I remember being on God, VMS Newsnet in college, which is like early internet days and you know chat rooms and people talking and everything and there were there was like a bunch of people who had gotten together to worship gonk as the new (laughs) god or something but then even better there was a group of people because it's the internet who are fighting against that and they called themselves the jedi knights of the anti-gonk so they were just the internet's a strange strange place but i I always every time i see gonk i'm like oh jedi knights of the anti-gonk very nice He does just kind of seem harmless and, and sweet like a pet. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but that won't stop. Uh, yeah, that won't stop Chewie from um, poking into his wires and making a like a stun baton out yeah. of him and hauling him around too. I mean, here's this thing that's probably about probably weighs at least as much as you or I do, and he's just hauling it around basically as a giant battery pack for this stun stick. Yeah, apparently it's it's. I guess it's just a portable power supply droid. Yeah. I think that's what it is, which um, makes sense. That's kind of a neat idea. You know, you want to take your power supply with you. You better give it some feet so it can walk around with you. It does make sense. Now, I don't know if feet are the most, uh, <laughs> the best choice. Wheels might have been better. But, yeah. Uh, Tank tread, perhaps. Could be. Could be. I guess they wanted it to get upstairs. Oh. Yeah, I, I remember seeing it in the movie. I'm like, that looks really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. That's good. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... Chewbacca still. I mean, it's it's really becoming exactly what I wanted to be. Just kind of a, a fun little adventure uh, with Chewbacca. Uh, we end on a cliffhanger, uh, but I mean, well, do you remember if the first issue gave us kind of a timeline as to uh, as to Chewbacca in relative to uh, the the movies that we know? Ah, uh, you know what? This is weird. I'd have to go back and look at the first book. I had this idea like it happened right after episode four so right after a new hope it's kind of in that pre uh empire strikes back time period i don't know why i think that but i feel like that's what they told us but if i'm wrong i'm wrong yeah uh, i'm reading the um the scrolling text on on the first page and it doesn't give a, a time or anything it just says in a period of renewed hope for the galaxy 
So I don't know if that means like maybe even after Jedi or what. But uh, yeah, so we know we know we got more Chewie coming to us. Yeah. Uh, so uh, to end uh, our one secret war book of the uh, of the week, House of M number four came out. This is uh, of course from the House of M storyline where uh, Magneto had become king, had put all the humans in essentially like concentration camps. Yeah. Uh, Luke Cage and uh, Hawkeye and a handful of others, Black Cat, they were all kind of human resistance. Uh, Pietro teams up with Namor to uh, to try and usurp Magneto to become the new king. But we never we never quite believed that Namor was going to really sign on to that. No, I, no. I think the last time we talked about this book, uh, I think you mentioned that you just can't believe Namor would follow um, Quicksilver like this. That no. you, you, you saw something coming. Yeah, and the fact that, you know, there was always tension in between them, and everybody's still calling Namor king, and Quicksilver's like, well, I thought I was going to be king. And Namor's like, oh, you will, you will, it'll be fine. I'm like, no, nah, I don't believe any of this, obviously. Uh, so, um, the Magneto and the now human pals that he has, kind of begrudgingly, uh, they make an attack on the Citadel. Magneto's heading back to try and... Uh, I guess the plan just is only to put Pietro back in his place. Uh, I don't know if I ever quite felt that uh, Magneto was going to impale him or anything. I kind of uh, thought that- he might. I don't know. I was sort of starting yeah. to think that he might. Yeah. I don't know. I, I got that idea. So that's why this book was surprising. This this book actually ends really surprising. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Pietro, kind of a bitch, uh, is talking a big game. Namor's had enough of that. He's he's done pretending and um, nearly chokes out Quicksilver altogether. Yeah, um, and Magneto spends most of the book without his powers. Um, um, oh, help me. His son with the magic powers. Wiccan. Wiccan tries Wiccan, to give it back yes. to him. Yeah, Wiccan tries to give it back to him and uh, can't make it happen. But um, So Magneto's actually, like, in a few places, is just relying on having been a badass to fight his way through stuff and, you know, kicking yeah. kick ass all over the place. And uh, although he doesn't quite, like, it, it's never a back-and-forth volley of, of punches and uh, and fights. Magneto pretty much kind of just takes a lot of pounding and keeps getting up. He does look like a badass in that uh, in that armor get-up that he's got. Yeah, he does. He definitely does. And, you know, that's, we should say something about the art. First two issues, this is the fourth and final issue. The first two issues mm-hmm. of the series were drawn by Marco Faglia, I think is how you say his name. And they were fun. Mm-hmm. I liked them. They were very good. But the second two issues were drawn by Ario Anandito. Oh, I'm saying mm-hmm. your name right. I love this art a lot. And it is not typical like superhero art there's a very like almost sketchy quality to it i mean you can totally see all of the lines where they were drawn and everything um expressions are great everybody's faces are wonderful it's i um you know shout out to the previous artist but this artist is definitely and i don't i don't think i've ever seen him on another book before so i kind of want to follow him around because i really yeah. really liked what he did with this book the, the the name and the style are both kind of they both kind of look new to me. I don't really recognize it. No, there were kind of a lot of uh, close ups in this. Yeah. yeah, and and he just 
just it, it's really hard to describe. It's funny because there's so many artists that I like and so many artists that I would love to be able to draw as well as they do. For some reason, I see his work and I'm like, oh, I want to draw like that, you know, that just very... Yeah. You can see him just like penciling out the lines and everything and it's it's very dynamic and beautiful. Colors were great. I don't uh, know who did the colors, but lovely, lovely stuff on this book. Color art by Matthew Wilson. Ah, thank you very much. You have the book in front of you, so... Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. so very, good. very... And, you know, they, they did that in a handful of books in Secret Wars, where they started out with one artist and flipped to another one, which, uh, in this case, I was completely fine with it, because I thought, I thought it was a, a very good choice. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's been only half and half, but reading it kind of feels like, oh, yeah, well, it's always been this artist. This is yeah, just I know. what this world looks like. Yeah, yeah. I had to actually go back and look. I was like, I don't think we had the same artist the whole way through. And we didn't. Uh, so, you know, Magneto... Uh, does uh, his um, kind of whooping ass? He takes he takes his punches. Oh, yeah. Polaris is the one who really steps up, saves uh, Magnus from Pietro. She's uh, steps out of the shadow as being like, oh yeah, that other other sibling right. uh, or child that he has. But uh, even Little Wiccan comes uh, steps up and manages to reactivate uh, Magneto's powers. Yep. In time for him to reclaim the throne and have a weird ending. Yeah, he he lets the, you know, because of course all of his buddies, the, the rebels, were captured, but he lets them go. He doesn't send them back to the re-education center. But neither does he say, and we'll, you know, now have peace between mutants and humans. Actually, I think it's more realistic. He's like, no, I was just doing that because, you know, I owed him something. But, you know, humans and mutants are never going to get along. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. like... He's he's talking to uh, Wiccan and Speed. He's like, humans and mutants are natural enemies. Mm-hmm. Nothing I say is going to change that. Yep. Uh, I owed them a favor for uh, saving me, so I repaid the favor. <laughs> At the end of the day, nothing changes. No, absolutely not. And he even uh, like... Well, one thing does change, though, which is also very realistic. Because, you know, in the beginning of the series, he was just, like, complaining about being king. You know, it's all so boring, and I don't have anything to do, and this is not, you know, I'm, I'm going to seed and whatever. And you see him at the end of the book, and, you know, his people, his servants are bringing him food, and he's, you know, taking a shower and feels better, and he climbs into bed. And he's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's good to be king. <laughs> like, it's kind of yeah. cool. So, yeah, he, I guess he just had a sort of a new lease on kingship and everything. He's like, no. This is okay. I like this. You know, I'm comfortable. I'm happy, and I still have power, and I think that's all right. So there you go. Yeah, everything he was lamenting before about oh, I was a warrior and yeah. all of this, and now I'm just a, a lazy fat tiger. <laughs> he just kind of turns on most of like that was a fun weekend, but I don't want that life anymore. No, exactly. He's like, this is much better here with my floating tray of food in front of me and my comfortable bed. Nah, this is much more fun. Yeah, which, see, yeah, it, like like you said, it seems like just a way more realistic kind of ending yeah. uh, and position for that character. Like, oh, the warrior's way, whatever, live and die by the blade. But, like, I don't know, it seems like you're only, you, you fight for the purpose of getting to this point where you don't have to fight anymore. Exactly, exactly. And now, now I think he realizes this, for now. I mean, somebody like Magneto is probably... He's got a very changeable mind, so he'll probably come back around to being mopey again eventually. But I, I, I liked yeah. it. You know, I think it actually 
was more satisfying than a wrap-up ending of, you know, and now everybody I'm going to live happily ever after. I'm like, well, that's those yeah, kind of endings yeah. are nice, too, but this seems a little cooler. It's very, it'd be very kind of Disney-esque, is he just, yeah. now all humans and mutants will live together in peace and harmony, and the doves fly, and the fireworks go off, and the credits roll. Um, yeah. there's, there's a place it, for it, stories it, like that, but, you know. Yeah, but... We we got a couple of those, so it's nice. It's actually really nice that in all these Secret Wars books, a lot of them have gone the other way, and they've ended yeah. without the happy ending or with uh, the ending you'd, you'd expect. Yeah, that's, I don't know, that's, Marvel is just really opening up to all different types of storytelling, and I like that. It's, it's been super good, and hopefully we'll still see that in this new, all-new, all-different world. The world has come back together for the most part yeah. um, but hopefully we'll still see the different styles of, of storytelling and you know the, the 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 risks that Secret Wars took although not as risky because they're all alternate universes where right. you can pull off crazy shit like that exactly hopefully we'll see more of that good stuff so far haven't been disappointed nope. everything's been um, pretty awesome yeah I also got to read uh, Howling Command as a Shield uh, which was a lot of fun Good kind of Halloweeny, just monstery stuff. Um, Unbeatable nice. Squirrel Girl was uh, is the same. Um, those are the only other like new Marvel books. I like um, the fact that the uh, the tagline for the new Squirrel Girl because it's you know starting again after Secret Wars, so it's Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number one. And what do they say? Something like only, only the our second, second number, number one, one so far. <laughs> it's like yeah, go ahead and own that. That's cool. Uh, Howard the Duck, I think, is also going to make some kind of commentary on their cover about the same thing. Nice, nice. Well, this, like, we, we've mentioned that before. Uh, I mean, Squirrel Girl and Howard the Duck are kind of in that sort of like goofy subset of the Marvel world. So, you know, you might as well own all the meta things and sort of self-referential comedy like that. So that's fun. Yeah. And Ryan North, who has been putting the little captions on the bottom of all the pages that are kind of uh just writer's notes to the audience yeah uh definitely help keep that book one foot in one foot out nice uh so uh there are plenty of other books that came out last week everybody uh let us know what you read and what you felt uh deserves to be talked about for the good or the bad we'll read that review on our next podcast you can contact us at any of our social medias facebook twitter tumblr google plus uh instagram Pinterest DeviantArt. I think you got all of them. <laughs> hey, <laughs> nice. Right. Um, or just email it to us, comicissues at gmail.com. This weekend, everybody, if you're listening to the podcast the week of its release, this weekend is Extra Life, the PG uh, crew, which includes Comic Issues and all of the podcasts. Uh, we're going to be doing the Extra Life 24-hour marathon. Um, we're going to be playing all kinds of games, video games, uh, board games, all that stuff, uh, all in uh, support to raise money for uh, Radies Children's Hospital, which is a local children's hospital. So if uh, you've got a little free time, uh, just check any of the social medias that we mentioned. Uh, we will be talking about it. You can watch us uh, goof off, have some fun. And if you got a couple uh, couple bucks laying around, you can donate it uh, to a great cause. The week after that is Crane Con. There you go. We are so insanely busy. Yeah, I know. It's like, we always talk about how busy we are during con season. This isn't con season anymore. This is just it's, regular busyness. It's not. I'm going to Kamikaze tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, then next week, uh, Extra Life, and then Crane Con, 
and then uh, I think I got a big dinner uh, with the family, and then Thanksgiving, which oh. I guess is also another big dinner with the family. I was just going to say, yes. For a second, that's what I thought you were talking about. I'm like, oh, Thanksgiving already? Nope, that's the next week. Yeah. Uh, uh, but no, CraneCon, everybody, November 15th, IKEA parking lot here in San Diego. We've got uh, a booth. We're talking to uh, the 1037 uh, radio station. Uh, I just emailed them again to see, like, hey, uh, everything we could possibly do, we want to do it because this is it's super cool to be a part of. Admittance is only a toy. Yep. Bring a toy. That toy goes into the hands of a child uh, there at Radies Children's Hospital. And courtesy of uh, IDW Comics, we have like a giant pile of books, and it's not—it's not even just promo books or flyers or anything like that. It's like big, full issues of comic books that we will be handing out at the booth. So come and get some of those. Well worth uh, the the price of admission, which also makes you feel good inside. Yeah, exactly. You're doing something good for you and for someone else. Win-win. Warms the cockles of your heart. Yeah. What are the cockles of your heart, anyway? I always wondered what those were. I assume, like, I don't know, the the valves? Or the chambers, maybe? I guess. Isn't it funny? I always thought they sounded like ears. (laughs) It warms the ears of your heart. Okay, that sounds fine. Hmm. I'd buy it. Sure. So, yeah. Uh, again, November 15th. We're going to be there all day uh, having fun. Uh, we'll also have um, Nintendiego there again. Uh, they ran the Smash Brothers uh, tournament last year. Don't know what they're doing quite yet uh, this year. Uh, but more video games, guarantee you that. I feel there's something I'm forgetting to mention about that one. Probably keep checking the social uh, medias. I'm sure they've uh, followed yeah. Nintendiego on all the social medias, and they'll definitely give you some updates. Absolutely. Uh, of course, uh, the mother site, pixelatedgeek.com, uh, is uh, the umbrella that keeps the the, the rain and um, I can't think of an internet uh, I was just metaphor thinking, for rain. No, I can't. Keeps, I don't know. We're, we're low on spam, so it's keeping spam. Follow us and get good content, not crappy content. I don't know. Yeah. Pixelatedgeek.com, that's the mother site. Go there and you can see uh, us, of course. You can also see Two Geeks in a Podcast, Pixel Clicks Podcast, Binary System Podcast, and uh, Movie Issues if you're into movies, Night Vale, Geekery, Video Games, or Tabletop. That's right. We got something for Uh, everybody. Something for everybody, everybody. Uh, And if this is your jam, you just love this comic books, you love Elizabeth and myself, you know you can always just go straight and get this goodness tapped into your veins if you go to comic-issues.com. Uh, that is just just us. Yeah. Just uh, our feed. Uh, the reviews, the previews, the galleries, the podcasts, of course. Nice. So until next week, everybody, I'm Anthony Sova. Elizabeth Wallace. And good geeking. <laughs>